All right, everybody, welcome back to the human door. This is me, JT, in the place to be, and uh, Shayna the beautiful. No, because if you call me your assistant again, we're going to have a problem. I know we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a That's my, that's my, you know, and I don't want no problems. I don't want no (laughs) (laughs) problems. Yes. And um, on the show, um, as promised, uh, we had this, uh, this, distinguished gentleman uh, we we tried to get him on last week and you know he was too busy saving the world so um saving he, the world he didn't he didn't have a chance to come speak with us but we got him today uh dr james dix is in the house what's uh, up yeah what's going on all right man hey i'm happy to be here thanks for having me today well i'm, I'm glad you're here man because yeah. it's been hard trying to for us to try to pin you down man you're doing so many things oh, he's man. the man sitting next to the man that's next, next to the man, to the man. Well, you know what? When you've been when you've been a parent parent for almost uh, forty years, right? Uh, it keeps you keeps you uh, busy. Absolutely. So I have um, four children: thirty, twenty nine, uh huh, eighteen, and thirteen. Yeah, you've been busy. So I've been busy. You've man. been busy. So yeah, I'm, I'm still. Bam! 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 Oh! 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, once again, we have the uh, the very lovely Selena Braswell is here today. Um, she's a, a big activist out of Philadelphia by way of a small town in uh, western Pennsylvania called Clarendon next to Pittsburgh. Mm. And um, once again, uh, it is definitely my pleasure to have her here. Thank you. Uh, you are so welcome. So, uh, like we normally do, um, we always get people to tell exactly what they're smoking. And I see you got a big boy over there that looks like a um, Alec Bradley. Was that super max? super freak? It's super, a super freak, super freak, yeah. super max freak, super freak, man. I mean, I, oh, wow, <laughs> like wow, like wow. like like Selena said, bam, bam, bam. It's a super freak. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah. This this is what I. This is one of my go tos. The uh, Alec Bradley Max. Yeah, that's when you got three hours to kill. Yeah, well, I don't have that much. Time. I'm gonna put this sucker out. <laughs> and, uh, I'm gonna Gosh. probably smoke it a little bit, lo- you know, a little later this evening. But okay. I figure, I figured, you know, a little bit now, a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. So, what you what you pairing with today? You know what? I have some uh, uncle. What is the name of this uncle? What is it called? Uh, uncle, uncle, Ur- not Uncle Remus, Uncle. Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. Eighteen eighty-four. Yeah. yeah, I got, I got a hundred proof Uncle Nearest. You know what? I've heard a lot about that Uncle Nearest, but I've never had that before. Oh, man. Like, uh, uh, I'm drinking this Maker's Mark, you know. Yeah. So that's that's the old reliable. Man, you know what? I, I had Uncle Nearest for the first time last weekend, and it was it, it just paired very nicely with my cigar. Right. And, and uh, I said, hey, I'm, I'm gonna try it again today. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, plus it makes you feel pretty good. Fantastic. <laughs> it definitely does. Now, um, one of the main reasons why we got you guys on this uh, panel together is because of, you know, what you guys do for the communities uh, that you reside in. Um, and uh, we're going to start off with uh, Miss Selena Braswell um, about the, the state of affairs in Philadelphia in the urban neighborhoods. Um, so, so, Selena, tell us a little bit what's going on there in your neck of the woods. So I'm a social worker with um, this organization. It's called Turning Points for Children. Um, it's partnered with the City of Philadelphia Department of Human Services. Um, so a big riot 
broke out in Philadelphia. Oh, is it is it because of the um, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter riots? Yeah. So it's no, I'm not even going to say riots. I'm going to say demonstrations because you know riots is just no. I'm not going to say that. So. Mm. Mm. Well, <laughs> but you're going to say riot. <laughs> I'll say riot because it started out peacefully, right? And it got a little rowdy, mm-hmm. which is okay because people are angry. But then once it came into the neighborhoods. Um, it really became out of control. Right. Um, so it started on Friday. Peaceful pro- uh, protest on Friday. Saturday, you know, getting a little angry. Sunday, explosion. Right. And they um, lit a cop car on fire in the middle of 52nd Street. Wow. Large residential area. I live in this area. I service this area as a social worker. So when I'm driving through, I'm thinking about all the kids who who live in this area who basically just raised hell right where they live at. Right. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't understand it. It made me very upset um, because I think at the end of the day, you have to go home, and when you wake up in the morning, you have to come out here, and you have nothing. Mm-hmm. You didn't have anything to begin with. Yeah, in that situation, you know, I, I think emotions definitely take over. Um I think everybody's sensitivity level is heightened right now, and and it's an unfortunate situation to to watch that stuff happen in your community. Um, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't understand it, because I do understand on an emotional level, Um, but it's got to be more to it than just that. Yeah, it was really weird um, just how it all just came together because I had no idea that the protest had moved into the city like where we live in our houses in our commercial districts I went outside um, on Sunday morning to look for a refrigerator at Lowe's wow and then they started cutting off the street so I, I made a left made another right and all of a sudden I saw like a hundred teenagers and just like 12 cop cars and I was stuck in that mm. and I didn't know what to do should I drive towards the cops, run them over? Should I run the kids over? Well, if you would have ran the cops over, (laughs) I don't think you'd be here right now. Like, I I just really kept putting my car in, like, park, reverse, everything. Like, I was stuck, you know? And I was scared to death. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it is a scary situation, you know, being right in the middle of what's going on and not knowing what to do. Yeah. Um, And I'm just glad that you made the right decision, you know, not to run over anybody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it confused me days later because I almost had a panic attack Mm -hmm. and I felt fearful. Right. And I didn't understand my fear. Right. You know, am I am I fearful of, you know, these young men and women who are mm-hmm. angry and they have the right to be angry? Am I fearful of the cops? Yes, I'm fearful of the cops. Right. Right? I mean, they're human too. Exactly. I mean, I, I have fear for everyone that's out there, you know, whether it's the, the protesters or, 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 or if it's the police officers trying to make sure, you know, that the, the gathering is peaceful. I mean, it, it's, it all works hand in hand. Um, and, um, Dr. Dix, um, I know you do a lot of things for the community as well. Yes. Um, I know you help with uh, building uh, businesses. You have uh, a program where you're able to find funds uh, for entrepreneurship. Right. Things like that that the community is probably going to need now due to the fact that a lot of these businesses are burning down, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. We we established uh, Urban Family Initiative in 2016 here in in, uh, Marion County. 
And that that uh, that business, what it does, is it helps to build bridges for families to um, become whole whole again. Um, we 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 also experienced uh, uh, a lot of fear, a lot of uh, uncertainty as we dealt with uh, some of the challenges that the community faced. Right. Uh, first of all, starting with, with COVID-19 and then transitioning to um, just a, a, a widening of the gap in terms of economics. And then when we witnessed what happened with uh, Mr. George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And so the combination of those things has definitely impacted our community. Um, from, from my standpoint, it's impacted the community from uh, a standpoint of, of, of people um, being traumatized. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about trauma in our community, um, trauma is is one of the things that I think we don't really address sometimes. Right. Um, we, we, we leave it to, uh, you know, our churches and things of that nature. And I think, I think the church definitely has a place in addressing some of our social ills. Okay. But we definitely have to, to, to have other interventions in place to address um, these gaps that, that people are facing at this time. Okay, so now you're the originator of, of the organization, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the founder and executive director of the agency. Okay. Uh, we have a we have a staff of 25 uh, therapists. I mean, that's fantastic. Case managers, and so we do we do quite a bit in the community. Okay. Um, you know, again, since since the combination of, of, of all the social ills that we've been experiencing, we've seen an increase in things like domestic violence. Okay. You know, where where, where you have children mm -hmm. who are not in school. Um, the mom's at home, the, 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 the boyfriend might be there, and it may be, it may be living in small quarters. Mm -hmm. And as a result, um, tempers flare, uh, there's more alcohol and drug abuse, which, which ultimately impacts the, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the likelihood that, that we're going to see some of, of these gaps that we um, see in our communities. Okay. And so we've been very intentional about trying to um, address these social ills. We, with, with the Department of Child Services, which we have our contract, We've just we, uh, we've been overwhelmed with mm -hmm. referrals. Okay. Uh, you know court you know court order referrals. Just you know so many so many uh, families that are broken, and so I think now is the time for us to to rebuild and put the put the, uh, the, the, the you know the uh, blocks the, the the blocks back in place to uh, to rebuild these families. And that's mm -hmm. what we're doing, one family at a time. Man, that's beautiful what you what you're doing. I, I really uh, applaud you for that. Now now tell me. Um, how did that come about? I mean, because I I'm sure you're probably a, uh, um, a man of many different trades. So what was it that kind of like put that light bulb on and said, you know what, the community needs this? Yeah, well, you know, my, my, my story is, is, is very unconventional. I mean, I went to, um, you know, when I graduated from high school in 1987, I went off to Ball State University and went there and, and, and was not prepared and ended up flunking out of, Flunking out of college, mm. went back home and, um, you know, found out I had a child at the same time and, you know, pressure from the family. And so I ended up working um, for the city of Gary. Okay. Uh, just a very quick story. My uncle got me the job. I went down to the city and he said, I need you to go see this gentleman. His name is um, Roland Watson. I went down to see him and I had on some slacks and a shirt and he said, um, um, did your uncle tell you what the job was? I said, well, I'm, I'm a college student. I'm, you know, I'm ready to you know, work in the office. And he pointed to a truck. He said, you see truck number 23 over there? He said, that's going to be your truck. And it was a garbage truck. Mm -hmm. And so that garbage truck was my home for uh, about five years while I went to school. And while, while I was working there, of course, when you're working for city government, you see a lot of uh, people who have been uh, incarcerated mm -hmm. before. And so they were constantly asking me, why, why are you here? You know, right. you, you know, this is not even your mode. 
and and so just interacting with 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 uh, diverse groups of people, um, working at group homes for a while after I you know after I got my degree, and just just understand I had a passion for always helping. I mean, if, if right. I look at every uh, component of my life, I've always been a giver. I've I've always been a person who's who's um, you know tried to improve the quality of life for for others. Right. You know, Fantastic. So, so so that's where we are. So we got here. We did some social service work uh, here in Indianapolis for a while. And then I found out there was an RFP, and, and, and uh, we applied, and we got in. So now we're on our second contract, and uh, we're looking for our third uh, coming up soon. Okay. Now, Selena, is that the type of social work that you do in Philadelphia, so to speak, with, like, uh, children that, that deal with issues at home? or? It would it, More family-oriented. Um, but, of course, when, the, when those children are taken out of the families, then we're dealing with the children and their foster family. And then when they start to age out of foster care, then it's, you know, how can we make a plan for you to become a successful adult? Because the, um, there's a large population of children who come into social services, who age out of foster care, um, who do not have a support system, and they become homeless. Okay. So it's like social work, is that your passion, or is that something you just fell into, or...? I, you know, I think I fell into it. Um, I didn't really intend to get into social work. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just started applying for jobs, and it just landed in my lap. Mm-hmm. And I would say I do have a passion for it. It is very exhausting. Um, I am looking to do something else, but it will still be in that within that yeah. yeah within that area. Yeah, because okay. I worked in sales for over like fifteen years. Oh my and god! And I, I really thought I would just chase money for the rest of my life. Sales you know? is the worst. I love sales, <laughs> or the best, or the best. You know what? It depends on what you what you sell. You know, because yeah. uh, I remember um, I used to sell insurance, so I had to pass the uh, the test. And I passed it, and um, I sold uh, burial insurance. Yes, you did. Oh, my That's why you don't like sales, John. Uh, (laughs) Like, I do not want to talk about my death right now. I'm 32, John. I've done that, too. (laughs) I've worked worked in funeral service as well. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, trying to tell people, look, you need this, and they look at you like, Nah. I do see the importance of it now. I'm oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but see, they they see the the importance of it when they need it, and and I think what it is is because it's it's nothing that they can physically see. They don't know the importance of it. All they know is say, hey, forty dollars is going out of my account every month, and that's forty dollars I could be using to do something else with today. Today, but, but you know <laughs> exactly. what, John? But you know what, John? We we can you know if you if you get on any type any social media platform, you see people. Um, you know, having uh, what is this called? The GoFundMe insurance. GoFundMe, GoFundMe. You know, <laughs> and so and so. I, I think I think that we definitely need to be more intentional about yes. um, not just planning for our lives, but planning for two or three generations ahead. Absolutely. And, and, and what that means is that is that we uh, not only do we have a life insurance plan, but we also you know set up uh, a uh, a trust for right. You know because. You know, in, in my and you you talked about working in funeral services. I I, I did that as well when mm-hmm. I moved to Indianapolis. I worked at um, Crown Hill, you know, working with certain and, and the number of times that I've seen families that didn't have the right didn't resources, the, um, the, the 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 performance of, of the family doing the service. I mean, when when we when we have our our business in order, then that that changes the complexity of everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, it, it it was a, it was a tough sell. It's a, it's a necessary sell. 
Um, and, and it's just a shame that people don't take it serious. And we did have the opportunity to have a couple guys on our podcast in the past where we did like a, a financial literacy uh, we had Ralph Wise of Erie yeah, yeah. Insurance. Yeah, he was on. Definitely. I know Ralph. And uh, Kevin King, who is the uh, the 800 credit score man. All right. I had him on there, too. So those guys were, like, going back and forth. Yeah, that was a good one. Giving people, like, financial nuggets. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was yeah. great. Um, you know what? I just thought about this, too, John. You said, how did I get into it? Actually, mm-hmm. um, my younger brother, Elwood. He's incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons he's, he's incarcerated is because when he got in trouble with the legal system, his mental health issues were not addressed. Were not addressed. And so I'm a person that's driven by curiosity. And so, like, I said, I want to be a part of uh, this industry because I want to figure out, you know, like, how come this type of services, these type of services weren't offered to my family? Right. You know, like, right. who was in the courtroom? Like, why, who signed off on this? Right. You know, what services are available for families who have children who are very bright, who have a, who come from a two-parent household, mm-hmm. you know, but by chance they get into stuff, okay, and they go down the wrong road. Right. You know, who advocates for them? Who so advocates for them? from a position of advocacy and really wanting to understand, you know, how young people get into the system um, and they don't get the services they need, mm-hmm. you know, and Absolutely. then they take a wrong turn and now they're incarcerated and right. their their lives are over. Wow. Right. Right. Uh, it's definitely a, a sad situation. And, and a lot of them, they don't come back from that. Oh, no. Yeah. no, no. Once, you, once you become a part of the system, you're in the system. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and people don't, re- young people don't realize that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I can think of plenty of times when I made decisions when I was younger where I was probably one step away from, from being in a bad situation. And we probably, mm-hmm. all of us could probably say that. Right. right. One decision um, away. But, but, but being able to have uh, a support system. Uh, you know, a, strength, a stronger system that, that that addresses the social, again, the social ills of our communities, I mm-hmm. think, is, is vitally important. Okay. And, and, and again, that's what we do each and every day. Now, I'd like to piggyback off what, what she uh, kind of talked about. Oh, in terms go right of, ahead. In terms of going, uh, you know, how she got into this field. You know, for me, it, it was about, you know, the, the message that, that I learned, you know, coming up, coming from Gary, Indiana, was, hey, you go and you do whatever you can to, to, to make the money you can make. And so I was, I was in human resources and doing this, but not until I got into my proper lane, uh, I haven't worked a day since I've been in my right lane. Wow. Okay. And so, and so, and so, it's important. I think it's important for the listening audience to know that, you know, it's in, you know, you know, you have to find out what your God-given gift is. Yeah. And once you get into that lane, you will never work another day in your life. Right. I agree with that because I, I, I tell my daughters. Um, the key to life is finding something that you're passionate about and then figuring out a way on how to make money off of it, you know, because when, when you do that, it's, it's not a job, right. you right. know, right, right. you're getting paid to be who you are. That's it. And unfortunately, a lot of people in this country are not getting paid for, for who they are. They're getting paid because they just so happen to fall into a job that they had to get because there's bills to be paid. That's right. <laughs> you That's know, right. um, and, and, and it's, a, it's a horrible cycle um, that we're going through because no one wants to take that time and find exactly what your what that passion is. Yeah. Or no one sat down and asked them, say, hey, look, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Yeah. You know, what do you want to do? But, John, you know, we, we have to think about what happened in the 80s when, when crack cocaine became a part of, of our, our, our lives, whether you used it or not. 
um, how many men were, were were incarcerated? How, how many men were taken away from their families? Right. And so when men were taken away from their families, that left young boys with no leadership. No at all. leadership. And so and so now we're trying to pick up the pieces mm-hmm. at this point to ensure that boys have what they need so they can make the proper decisions, so they can become men right. and take care of women. I heard some of the ladies talk about how they, um, you know, grew up, you know, uh, being tomboys, you know, at an early mm-hmm. age. You know, I, mean, I, I wonder, what, you know, was there a man around to say, hey, you know, you, you, you're valued, you know, you, we, you know, we love you, you're beautiful. Right. And so when those components are missing, then we move to those, you know, alternative lifestyles and yeah. areas that, 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 you know, I mean, it's a personal choice, of course. I mean, right. we don't judge anyone, but, but, you, but you have to ask, was there a strong man in that home to say, I love you, let right. me hug you, you're beautiful, and you're going to be the best woman you can be one day? Right, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a shame, you know, like you just mentioned about the, um, uh, the introduction of cocaine back in the 80s, uh, which I feel is, is a, 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 a symptomatic ploy uh, to help destroy um, black families. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's exactly what happened. Um, there were a lot of men uh, who could not get that regular nine to five job for whatever the case may be. And they turned to that, that, that easy money to help feed their families. You know, it, was it a right thing to do? No. But when you're in a situation of feast you're or famine, it's you're, a, you're in survival mode. Survival mode. You know, and, and a lot of them, they, they sacrificed that. Uh, their freedom in order to feed their families, you know, and, and it's an unfortunate situation. Um, but once the, the drug got into the suburbs and that's when it was a problem. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, it yeah. wasn't a problem when it was, you know, right. in Compton or right. or right. Gary or any other, you know, urban city in the United States of America. But that's another conversation yeah, for another absolutely, day. Because yeah. I could one, be though. here. A good one. Right. Yeah. I yeah. could be here all day on yeah. that. Oh, yeah. if, if, I, if I could talk oh, a little bit about, oh, I know, most I know I'm pr- the producer, I normally don't talk a whole lot. But yeah. I know and you it, should. <laughs> no, no, but no, no, the, the, uh, the piece on the financial education, uh, about a little over six years ago, I found an organization called Coffee Community Outreach for Financial Education. And, what, and the reason why, it, why I felt compelled to, to found this organization, because I didn't feel organizations were doing a good job of not just presenting the how-tos, because that's all important. Those are the numbers, and sometimes those could be boring and mundane. Right. But the but the mindset, the relationship that we all need to to, to have with this thing that we all call money, mm-hmm. this agreed upon unit of measurement, and how the systems work, and it and it it's the mindset that I think that we as a society as a whole do a very poor job right. of, of, of allowing it to be a, a foundation block because it needs to be a foundation block. It's, a block. it's one of the most important survival skills that there is today in, in modern day society. Mm-hmm. And it's not talked about and the mindset certainly is not talked about as well. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think that economics plays a huge role in, 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 in what we see in our communities. Right. Urban America is struggling you know, you know, from, from an economic standpoint. Right. And again, as you mentioned, you know, when you're economically strapped, you do whatever you have you to do. You got to do what you got to do. Because, because, because survival. They, yeah, yeah. They, they may be, yeah, you, you're in survival mode. Right. And so it's important that, uh, that, that we understand that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I, mean, I mean, people are, are doing things. You know, we might, we might be, you know, in our homes, in a backyard, whatever, saying, wow, I wonder why, you know, uh, 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 Boo Boo did that. Right. Well, Boo Boo. We had, know why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he's in survival mode. did not have a job. Right. He did not, not have an he education. He cannot get a job. Right. Okay, he, he was not hireable. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. No transferable skills. No transferable skills. Right. Yeah. Well, the as you guys know, the hierarchy of needs, yeah. that survival oh, yeah. skill, oh, when, yeah. when we're in that we're we're in that lower gap of That's survival. Right. That's right. Those upper levels don't make don't sense. Matter. We don't yeah. care about them. Right. 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 We, we have to get we have to get through that level to get our basic needs met in order to get mm-hmm. to that next rung That's and so on and so forth. Yep. Like there it is, there absolutely. It is. Maslow. See, mm-hmm. now, see all that stuff up there. You pay no attention to it. It's like listening to Charlie Brown's teacher. But you know, but you know, we we have to go back to the to the to the the roots of our families. You know, we started looking at generations and generations so so if we all go back two or three generations in our families we, we probably know that there were things that happened that you know whether it was physical abuse sexual abuse right. whether it was um, verbal abuse i mean those things have traveled from generation to generation and those things have stymied our ability to grow mm-hmm. you know and so and so i think that now that we know better we should do better right you know, that, that, you know, I, I was i was fortunate and blessed to grow up with both of my parents you know i mm-hmm. had my my parents are still together. They've been married for over fifty years. Right. Wow. But, but but just but just the lessons that 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 I learned, and they were hard lessons. Cause oh, my father was yes. my father was he was a military man, and and he raised us like we were in the military. <laughs> and, 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 there, and there were times when when I thought that he was the meanest man in the world, but now that my father's you know seventy nine years old, I can go back to him and, and thank him for what he did for me, the, the, you know, the lessons and the gifts that he gave me. Now I'm able to pass those things down to my sons. Mm-hmm. And so and so I would tell the listening audience, if you if you grew up in a tough situation, that's not the end all be all. You can when you know better, you can do better. You can change today. Right. See today is the day when we let's not say well next week. We can right this moment you can say, I'm gonna change my situation. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna heal from any hurt and pain that I've been through and and move forward. So the next two or three generations behind me will be productive family members mm-hmm. absolutely now um I, I know we were both talking about um survival now let me ask you this question due to you know COVID 19 and, and the protest what is those particular situations how, how is that affecting what you guys do hmm. well we've been um working from home since around march 19th so that means that all in-home visits um, court hearings have been discontinued. Court hearings, we hold them over the phone telephonically, and in-home visits, we conduct them however we can. If the family has the ability to um, have FaceTime, if they have an iPhone, or you have Google Duo or something else, we do it that way. Um, and we've also been able to give some of these families like tablets and stuff like that so the kids who are in care can communicate with their parents. Um, but it's really... I think those who are already doing the right thing and are in a good position, you know, you can trust those virtual visits. Okay. You no, know, because you've been in that home before. Right. You know, so like I don't. So have you got a rapport with them yeah, already. Yeah. So right. I, I didn't get any new cases. Right. I already knew what those homes looked like. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said to one of my dads, show me the fire extinguisher. He, he said I couldn't find it. I said, did you look in the shed? Because I I did that with him before. Right. For a safety visit. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I've been we've been able to keep it up, but at the same time. The other side of it is your medical, your your mental health, and those people have not been engaging with their customer base, their provider base. Um, so I feel like they're letting our kids down mm-hmm. by not continuing to offer therapeutic services. But on the other hand, I am required to make sure that they are safe in the home, but them having therapy and going to the doctor is part of that safety. Right. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you think because of you have the ability to communicate with them, like on a more technical level, like yeah. with Zoom meetings or whatever the case may be, that you're going to find that a lot of businesses are going to keep people at home now because they know that you can take care of your responsibility without being in a brick and mortar office? I think it's it's the people who are able to do it or who are already independent workers who have a good work work ethic and you know you can you don't have to be over their back you know they can survive anywhere like I'm, I've already you know been I worked on commission mm-hmm. so when you work you know when you work on commission you're about your business you oh, know how to do things no one has to be there with you you know because if you don't work you don't get paid so I still have that mentality in in this sector mm-hmm. you know so I can I'm like a one man bandstand like I don't need you supervisor director right. or whatever because I know what to do already right you know but other people they need somebody to be over their head mm-hmm. and some things do slip through the cracks right Right. Uh, Dr. Dix, what, what about you? Uh, I know you're probably in survival mode with what's going on uh, with the protesting and COVID. How are you uh, coping with that as well? Actually, actually, we're not in survival mode. We, really? Our, our business has actually increased mm-hmm. as a result of all the things that have been happening. Um, we, we, you know, we've always worked from home. Okay. And so, and so the transition of, of people going and uh, you know, not working in the brick and mortar. Right. So not, it's nothing new to you. It's not, nothing new to us. Okay. We, so we, it's we, like we business as usual. Yeah, but the, I guess I guess the you know the biggest transformation was, you know, having people to you know do supervised visits, uh, you know, with their families o- over Zoom. Um, that was probably that, that was probably the biggest um, yeah, adjustment. Yeah, it was it was an adjustment for a lot of families because you're used to. If, 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 if you've lost your children due to, um, you know, neglect or abuse or what have you, and you're, and you're looking to build to, 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 to get your, your children back home, you know, having to have a, uh, see your children over a Zoom call is, is, is tough. It's right. tough. And so, and so we, we've, we've been very supportive of those families. Uh, but, but, yeah, our, our business has, has uh, we, we've been rock setting. As, as a matter of fact, we've... Uh, you know, we've uh, even become more uh, busy with, with what we do. Okay, that, that's fantastic. Um, a, another question that, that I wanted to throw at you guys um, also has to deal with what's going on right now. What do you want to see happen after this is over? If, there, if it will be over? Like, what is it that you want to see happen where you can say, you know what, all of this protesting that's going on it was worth it like what do you want to see happen you know i i, I, I look around right now uh, and I, I haven't been to to cosmos in a while but when i look around now i see a diverse group of folks who are around i think the conversation needs to happen in a safe place and i when i walked up um you know people who i've never seen before greeted me this gentleman the producer he greeted me and you know we, we, we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that means having conversations that that requires us to all, you know, you know take away any, um, you know, if, if, you know if, if, if we feel like we're uh, uh, superior or we right. feel like we are uh, 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 supreme, mm-hmm. to, to be able to make sure everybody understands that we're all on the same level. Right. But in that, in understanding that, that we all need to understand that there have been things for, for 400 years that have impacted right. all of us. Right, absolutely. So, so, so having having the conversation is is, is, is vitally important. And, and everywhere I go, I, I try to have a, a conversation. I think I'm pretty diplomatic when it comes to conversation. But uh, conversations need to happen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think this is, I think this can be a place 
where we can do that. Right. Absolutely. I think at work, um, it made me think, like, what's more important? It made me think, um, why do we take soldiers out of home? Mm-hmm. Why do we do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and since we can't go into homes, you know, what's the determination to be made that this child is not safe? So it's like really re- re- rethinking that whole process that maybe we're, you know, a little too punitive in a society right now. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, one of the things is they don't want to go into people's homes. So before, pre-COVID is, you know, I'm, out, I'm at your house at 3 in the morning. But now we can't go into homes. So are we saying that the child is safe and not in danger? No. no. Am I, am I putting my person- so if I put my personal safety above this child's safety, then what does that mean? You know, mm. for the child. Um, so I just think ultimately it's just really making us reconsider that, uh, like maybe some parts of this process um, are just um, not important anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, um, w- when you guys have the opportunity to talk with the people that uh, need your services, um, is the importance of um, politics or, or voting? Is that something that you feel that you bring that to their attention as well? Uh, because the, the programs that you guys are, are, are dealing with have to be funded mm-hmm. um, by politicians with like-minded ideologies. So is that something that you bring to their attention as well? If they ask. <laughs> if they ask. I had an um, a older woman on my caseload, and she asked, like, we had the primaries in May. Where do I go to vote? And no one else asked me that. Right. And I'm like, let me find this out for you. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm the type of person, if you ask me something, I'm going to try to give my best to give you that information. Right. Um, and that was just very important for me to let her, you know, to let her know that I understand that you are really concerned and you want this information. You not may not be able to get it, but let me help you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for us, you know, we, we, uh, we address the whole person. And so addressing the whole person means that we... Uh, impact every aspect of their lives. So whether whether it be you know where to where to gain resources, uh, the importance of of, of getting involved, uh, the importance of going to your child's uh, sports events. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's you know I, I think I think so many times we take things for granted. Yes. The think the things that we experience, we you know we think that that's how everybody operates. But when we step outside of our box, we see that there are some things that people just don't know. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so we can't take those things for granted. Right. Again, we, we, we address the whole person. Mm-hmm. And so if that means um, un- helping people understand the political process, helping people understand um, the process of how the Department of Child Services works, we do everything we can to ensure that they know uh, that they have the tools to be successful when they, when they are discharged okay. from the system. All right. That's good. Now, um, what, what particular projects do you got going on right now? Oh man, you, you mean from a business standpoint? From a business standpoint. Oh man, we um, we are working on a contract right now um, to to to, uh, to to get to, to be federally funded um, because you know there, there's an opportunity, and many people don't know. I mean, we, we work on a local level right now. I mean, I'm sorry, on the state level. Right. But there are opportunities for um, federal. Funds to, to, to be involved, and so there's a program through the SBA Small Business Administration called the 8A program. Okay. And that 8A program allows business owners to be involved with. I mean, you could you could be you could have a a dump truck 
And there are opportunities for you to be a part of this 8A program mm -hmm. that allows you to, uh, to to be a federal contractor. And so, I, and so I think that you know those those are those opportunities that are available. And so that's that's what we're doing. We're working to to uh, to engage on a federal level uh, from a social service standpoint. Okay. So uh, tell all the listeners, uh, Doctor Dix, how they can get in touch with you. Um, so that way you can give people information on the programs and the projects that you're currently um, involved in. Yeah, Dr. James Dix III. Um, you can reach us at our on our website at www.ufamilyletteri.com. Again, letter ufamilyi.com. Uh, we have you know just about everything you need to know about our agency, what we do, and if you'd like to join us, we're always looking for. Um, folks who are who are passionate about helping others. All right, say that again, just in case you know we had some listeners that was doing dishes, wasn't paying attention. All right, all right. So, so again, we have you know you, you can visit our website at u, letter u, family f a m i l y, letter i dot com. U family i dot com. If you're interested in, if you're a therapist, if you are, uh, if you have a, a degree in social work, uh, criminal justice, sociology. You fit the bill to serve these families. If you don't want to go back to your job and you have decided that you you, you found the reason why God put you on this earth, mm -hmm. we ask you to come and join our agency, ufamilyi.com. I look forward to seeing your resume. Man, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And, Selena, I don't know if you can give a particular plug of the, um, uh, the organization that you're a social worker for, but if you can... You know, let the people know who you serve. Well, we're part of a larger corporation. It's called PHMC, Public Health Management Corporation. Um, they have about five or six different um, um, child service organizations in the Philadelphia area, and they do a lot with the community. Is there a phone number that you can shout out? Because, you know, we have uh, people uh, in the Yasagara Club that's like all over the country. So there could be some people in Philadelphia that need those services. Well, we do have a Facebook page. All right. Okay. What's the What's the Facebook page? Uh, Turning Points for Children. Okay. That's the only part I know. That's the only part you know. Yeah. Tur Turning Points for Turning Children. Turning Points for Children. That is fantastic. All right. Now, before I go, I just want to say, Jimmy, how's the cigar working out for you, man? Hey, man, I, I've been smoking this cigar for how long have I been here? <laughs> 43 minutes. right there. Get that, get yeah, that off I mean, my I, chicken. I'm, 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 I'm not even on the second, third yet. Right. Um, and, and, and so I'm, I'm enjoying this, man. I'm, like I said, I have um, Uncle, Uncle Nears. Uncle Nears. Uncle Nears. So if you haven't had Uncle Nears, 1884. Uh, yeah, I man, have, that uh, glass is empty, Jimmy. I don't yeah. even think you tasted it, did you? <laughs> I, I gotta get another one, man. But but yeah, Uncle Nears, uh, the hundred hundred proof man is, is doing this thing. Hey, but I do want to tell the you know the, the listening audience this, and this is one thing that we all can can do to to change the complexity of our communities, is to give more than you take. Mm, right. Um, that that's that's you know that's that's been my that's my mantra. Because if everybody, even 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 in a relationship, and I know that's a totally different uh, mm -hmm. topic, but even in a relationship, if you give, if everybody's giving more than they take, nobody ever short. Okay. You know, and so we have to do that in every aspect of our life is to give more than we take. Fantastic, Selena. You got a, a parting shot as well. Um, it's a time for healing. Right. One of the reasons why I'm here is to get a break from Philadelphia. <laughs> um, but also to go within. Right. Because I give so much. You know, I just had to give some, you know, some to myself. Right. And yeah. I've actually, I'm leaning more into bringing uh, 
uh, more healing into my social work practice. Right. You know, whether it's uh, participating in yoga with yeah. my coworkers yeah. mm-hmm. on Zoom. Oh, <laughs> great. Um, and having these conversations with my parents, you know, mm-hmm. like, what do, they, what do you do for self-care? That's right. it, that's um, it. Because I learned, you know, since being quarantined, that um, there has to be, you know, some type of break between... Life and work. That's it. Okay. Yeah, that that uh, work life balance. Work, that's yeah, right. That's it. Definitely, because mm-hmm. I found myself just waking up and just going downstairs to work. Right. And then when work and going back upstairs to bed. Right. It, There's more than life than just that. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So just to bring that healing, um, in this time, especially during these times. Okay. Fantastic. Hey, John. I, I, I like mm-hmm. to I like to ask Selena. Um, you know, I don't know if you consider moving to Indianapolis, but we'd love to have you at Urban Family Initiative. Uh-oh. You, 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 you we made a connection. The energy is good. The energy is good. How the much y'all paying? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Hey, hey, turn turn my mic off. Turn my mic off. Turn my mic off. We got some contracts in the car. Josh, did you see what the human door just did? I think history is changed right now. Did you see what the human door just did? We just made a contact. <laughs> a hookup. Hey, we're giving more than we're taking, right? That's it. Absolutely. That's it. That's it. That's it. Hey, you know, That's once it. again, I want to thank you guys for being on the show, Dr. James thank Dix. You. Thank you. Uh, Miss Selena Braswell. Um, it was my pleasure speaking with both of you. And uh, hopefully we can get a chance to have you guys back on here again, oh, you know, definitely. to give us an update on, on what's going on, you know, in definitely. your guys' neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, what do you think, producer? You think Man, was, this is good stuff. Don't good say stuff. neck of the woods. Don't say neck of the woods. <laughs> I didn't say naked woods. I said, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, don't say well, in your area. Yeah. We're going to yeah, leave the word. We're going to leave neck <laughs> and woods history. out of it's it. It's a history. History yeah, behind we, that. We're a little sensitive with that right now. So. Yeah, don't say neck of the woods. No, incredible content. Absolutely. Lots of good All right, everybody. Well, once again, my name is JT uh, from The Human Door. I just want to say once again, thanks for listening and uh, put some smoke in the air.